Kristen, if you don't know me, welcome to JHM. This is so great. Okay, I have a question for you this morning. Has anybody ever followed direction before and gotten lost? Okay, there's a few of us in here, and if, I don't know who's lying, but uh, maybe there are some people. But basically, so generally, I'm pretty good with directions. Um, this one time, I was driving in the mountains. I was going to a camp, of all places, and I saw on my phone where to go, and I knew that there wasn't going to be cell reception soon, so I turned my phone off. And so I was like, great, it's not going to leave me there anyway, so I'll just turn it off and I'll save my battery and all this stuff. And so I turn it off, and I literally go 45 minutes in the wrong direction, and so I had to turn back, and it was, like, really embarrassing, and it was the worst. Um, also, when I was younger, my mom and dad would always be driving places, like, oh, we're going to go to Ralph's. And then all of a sudden, you're like, you're in the car, and you're like, all right, I was like, this isn't the normal way to Ralph's. And you're like, where are we going? So then I would always say to my mom or my dad, where are we going? And they'd be like, oh, we're taking the scenic route. Did anybody ever hear that from your parents? I'm taking the scenic route. And what the scenic route means is essentially, oh, yeah, we totally forgot where we're going. And we're just going to go the long way there. Thanks so much for reminding us where we're ending up because we totally forgot, right? Um, there's also a show on TV that has funny things in it. And these guys totally get lost, too. So watch this clip. It's going to be the best Proceed ever. Proceed to the highlighted route. Then route guidance will begin. When you use that thing? Let's them know where you are at all times. Who? The government, spy satellites, private detectives, ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Make the next right turn. How do they know? How does this know where to turn? That's very impressive. Proceed straight. Well, we're 0 for 6. Last chance is the Elmhurst Country Club side of the lake on the southeast side. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I thought this would work. Through everything I had at that guy, nothing. That's how it goes sometimes, you know? You lose everything, and everything falls apart, and eventually you die and no one remembers you. That is a very good point, Dwight. Make a right turn. No, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. It means bear right. No. Up there. It said right. It said take a right. No, 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 look. It, it means go up to the right, bear right, over the bridge, and hook up with 307. Make a right Maybe it's turn. a shortcut, Dwight. It said go to the right. It can't mean that. There's well, a lake there. I think it knows where it is going. This is the, the lake. machine knows. This is the lake. Stop yelling at me. No, it's Stop not yelling. yelling. There's no here. Remain calm. I have trained for this. Okay. So crazy, right? Um, the truth is, though, you guys, is that we all follow something. We're all following something, whether it's the things in our lives, um, because there's a ton of things that are screaming for our attention, like all these things in the background of the slide. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but that's a very busy picture to me. There's a lot of things on there. There's things like sports and the YouTube and ice cream and money and Social media, all these things are essentially screaming for our attention, saying, hey, guess what? Have this in your life, and your life is going to be better for all of these reasons, and it's promising you things that sometimes, eventually, it might not, it won't be able to keep, essentially. 
Um, and there's a ton of reasons why we follow those things, whether it's to be seen, whether it's to be heard, whether it's to get friends to fit in, whether it's to be cool, whether it's to be afraid to follow something else. There's a lot of reasons why we follow certain things and certain voices. And the truth is, is that it's not bad to engage in all of those things. It's not bad to do a sport or to do your homework or to do, you know, listen to the greatest, latest music. There's nothing wrong with that if we're following Jesus first. But if we're not, eventually those voices are going to become the ones that we follow. And then we're going to be left feeling with the pain of discomfort, of um, discontentment and dissatisfaction, where we're going to realize, like, this isn't fulfilling me. This isn't making me complete. So today, we're actually going to be going into uh, the third week of our series, I Am, and we're going to be talking about Jesus as the Good Shepherd. And so the series verse today is John 14, 6. It says this, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so basically what Jesus is saying is I'm the only answer. So if you're looking for the fulfillment in anything else but me, then eventually you're going to feel pain. You're going to feel discomfort. You're going to feel distant. You're going to feel angry. You're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel all these things that you don't want to feel because essentially he is the only answer. And so today, we're going to look at John chapter 10. So I want you guys to grab Bibles. There's Bibles on the carts in the middle of the rows and on the end of the rows for everybody. We have stuff for everybody. It's so great. So grab that. Grab a note paper that looks like this and a pen. Essential, um, on this thing, there is a little card um, that says prayer request, and it's a tear-off card. And then there's a questions portion as well. Um, so if you guys have any questions about faith, about life, about Jesus, about anything that I'm saying this morning, feel free to write down those questions on the card. And then there are boxes in the back by the tech booth. There's, it says JHM on them. If you turn your heads, you can see them. There's one on this side and there's one on this side. And you can rip it off and you can put it in that box. And then we'll answer those questions on our Instagram Live on Thursday at 3 p.m. It's going to be the best ever. So please do that. We want to answer your questions. Um, but for now, turn to page 1058 because this verse is there. It's John 10.10. 10. We're going to start with that, and we're going to go through verse 15 today. And it's, it's, like throughout the book of John, Jesus basically talks about who he is. He talks about, he gives people metaphors because he's basically saying, hey, this is something that you can relate to in your life, and so I'm going to share a little bit of who I am based on something that you can relate to. So here we go. John 10.10 10 says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So basically, Jesus comes first and says, hey, I have the best life for you. I want to give you a rich, a life that's full of joy, a life that's satisfying, a life that's good. Um, but there's going to be things in your life that are going to try to steal that joy, that are going to try and kill that, and that are going to eventually destroy you if you keep following those voices for a super long time. Um, and so this is his warning. And so when we get into verse 11, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. So we're going to read that um, 11 through 15. It says this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees the wolf coming. 
He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my, my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Okay, so why is Jesus calling himself the good shepherd? Why are we talking about sheep? Okay, so this is kind of weird. I don't know if any of you own any sheep. Does anybody in here own a sheep? One, you do, for real? That's kind of nuts. I don't know. Your brother's not raising his hand, so I don't know if I believe you. Um, but here's the deal. Sheep are crazy, and they smell. And my only reference with sheep is literally my grandpa had uh, lived in, like, a country town outside of the city of Redding in Northern California. And we go outside, and the neighbor had sheep. And so the sheep would run to the fence, and we'd just feed them grass, okay? Like, super random. I've only seen sheep otherwise at a petting zoo. Um, I'm probably sure that you've seen sheep at petting zoos as well. So basically, why is Jesus talking in the form of sheep? So in the Bible, sheep had a huge significance. So in Genesis, throughout the entire um, book of the Bible, there are, there are references to sheep and to lambs, which lambs are young sheep. And so in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, um, they sacrifice a sheep instead of Isaac, um, when Abraham went up to the mountain of God to sacrifice his son. In Exodus, you might have read the story of Passover, where Pharaoh decreed that every single firstborn Hebrew would die. And so if God said, if you didn't want your kid to die, then you could put lamb's blood over your house, over the doorframe of your house, and then the angel of death would pass over it. And then we look in the scripture, and Jesus is called the Lamb of God. That is another name of Jesus. And what lambs and sheep represent is meekness, gentleness, and innocence. So essentially, they were used as sacrifices um, in order to save people because, because they were blameless and they were innocent and they didn't know better and they were a perfect sacrifice. So Jesus was that for us. And so we can look, look to that. Um, and so... They were also common in biblical times. So a lot of people had sheep. So, um, so basically, there is sheep, animals, there's land, and there's worshiping God. And that's what people were looking to in biblical times. Is a lot of times that there was three things that they focused on. Their herds were a big deal. So a lot of people actually had sheep and were shepherds to those sheep because they owned them. Okay? So Jesus is talking to the people in the way that they could understand. So Jesus teaches to the people he was talking to in a way that they would understand. And so in this passage, Jesus describes himself as the shepherd. So let me explain just a little bit. Um, the shepherd was a day-to-day -day job. That was something that people were employed for, that they, they hired people for. But then if you own sheep, you're also the owner and the shepherd, and you tended to the sheep you cared for them, you guided them in the way that they should go. So that's what God does for us. And in this passage, Jesus is referring to us, sheep, as sheep, essentially, because they needed something to follow or they didn't know where to go. Sheep often forgot. They, they, they would be told to go a certain way and they'd be like, uh, oh, I'm just going to go that way anyway. And it's kind of like when we're like, oh, what did you learn today? We're like, I don't know. But you were just there. I don't know. I just, I can't remember. So they forget like us. They wander astray like us. They go a different direction like us. And they go their own way. And then we do the same in our relationship with Jesus. 
And this passage is an analogy for who Jesus is to us and what he has for us when this happens. Because hardship comes in life. There's things that are going to tear you down. There's things that are going to take away the things that you're looking at, the people in your life that you care about. And stuff is going to happen. And so that's what the wolf symbolizes in this scripture. And so I put this on a slide for us to kind of understand a little bit of what this passage is talking about because it's like, why is there a wolf coming to eat the sheep? And why are the sheep kind of whatever? And why is there someone trying to steal them? So someone is trying to steal them because sheep were valuable. So if animals were the only thing that you had, animals were like money back in that day. So you could get things if you had this stuff. And so people would try and steal that a wolf would try and come, which is a hardship. So basically, shepherd owner is Jesus. So Jesus is talking about how he's the good shepherd. We are the sheep. And the thief are the things, people, or situations that try to steal our focus from Jesus and what he has for us. Whether it's, it's, it's a wolf that's coming in to destroy us or it's a situation that's hard in life. In the hired hand, so if you had about a 1,000 sheep, you would need someone to help you. So they're like an employee. So it's the things or people that help in the meantime but don't ultimately satisfy. Because what this passage is talking about is when the wolf comes, the hired hand, the person that's making the money, the 7 bucks, 10 bucks an hour, they're like, all right, I'm getting this money for taking care of the sheep. The wolf comes and they're like, Wah! I'm going to go and I don't even care about this money anymore because it doesn't matter. And so, and so his life is more valuable than the sheep. He cares about the money. He cares about the situation that they're in, but not more than the sheep. And so Jesus, on the other hand, because he's the owner, because he actually cares about the sheep, he has an invested interest in them, he's not going to leave them. He's going to stand up to the wolf. He's going to stick with them through the hard time. And he's not going to go anywhere. So hired hands care in the moment, but the owner cares for the long haul. Have you ever had anyone in your life just up and leave you? Whether it's a family member, maybe your mom or your dad left. Maybe it was your friend. Maybe it was a best friend that you had. Maybe it was a teacher or a coach or a pastor or a leader that you cared about. And they had to go do something else because life needed them to do something else. And you are left. And there are points in life where people will leave yours for any reason, whether it's good or whether it's bad. But the truth is still the same. It hurts, doesn't it? When I was in sixth grade, um, I had a best friend through uh, preschool when we were like three years old through fifth grade. We hung out every day. We lived around the corner from each other. I would call her 661-6387. I still know her phone number. I'd say, hey, can you play? 661-6387. There you go. It's her parents' number. Um, so I would, I would call and say, hey, can you play? And she'd be like, yeah, totally, blah, blah, blah. In sixth grade, for whatever reason, she decided that she didn't want to hang out with me anymore because she wanted to go hang out with another crowd. And that was probably the most painful thing in the world is that someone who I counted on, someone who was my best friend, someone that I, I cared about, that I had fun with, that I loved hanging out with, didn't want to hang out with me anymore. And it hurt a lot. So I don't know about you if there's a place in your life where that's happened to you. But right now, I had two best friends named Jessica and Mary Beth. And I love them. They're the best ever. And we've been friends for 11 years. And, and I'm so joyful and thankful for those friends. But at the same time, because of my experience before, I'm going, okay, 
if I count on them, like I counted on my friend Christine, then maybe there's going to be a point in, their, in, in our lives where they're going to decide to move away or they're going to die or they're going to they're gonna do something else for the purposes that they need to do it for. And I'm going to be left. And so if my focus is on my friends in the way that my focus was on Christine and I was like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait to get what you guys are promising me with your friendship, then I'm going to ultimately be unsatisfied if I hold on to them. And so when things get tough and nothing in life is the same as it was, Jesus is the only one who sticks around. He's the only one left. And he's the one that's going to be there when everything else isn't. In your darkest moments, Jesus has your back. That's who Jesus is. He's already sacrificed his life for you. He's already given it. I don't know anyone in this world who's given their life for someone specifically so that we could have a better life other than, you know, the closest thing that we could probably get to it is probably our military. But Jesus is the one that fought for you specifically because he knows you personally. And he knows who you are. He knows every hair on your head. And he loves you to the deepest core of your being. That's who God is. And that's what he was there to show us. I'm pretty sure my best friend isn't going to die for me like Jesus did. John 10, 3-4 says this. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. Jesus' voice will always call us back to him, and we're going to know it, <laughs> which is awesome. And he's always calling back to us, even if we're a believer or if we're not. And he's going to always reach out to us. And we need to learn what, it, what Jesus' voice sounds like. And we, we can learn to do that, especially in life groups. Life groups is a place where we get to figure, out, figure that out together because we have time to talk about this. And when you're here on the weekend, you're like, I can't ask my questions, which is why we do the question cards. But in life groups, you guys get to ask your questions. You guys get a prayer experience where your leaders lead it. And you get to learn how to experience how to hear God's voice. And every person is going to have a different experience in that. And it's going to be beautiful. We have worship night on March 1st where you guys get to come and you can, you can hear God's voice. That's why we do worship on the weekend to kind of give you some time to figure out what that looks like. And the Bible says that we can hear God's voice in a lot of ways, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through worship, whether it's through reading the Bible, whether it's through dreams even, or, or listening to messages or audibly. Sometimes God's like, you have this really big tug on your heart, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know why I'm feeling this, but I am. And I don't know why I'm being called to go talk to somebody about whatever. And, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just do it. And then you find out it's totally God because it's not something that's from you, which is crazy. But the key to hearing God's voice is listening. The, he, the key to hearing Jesus' voice is listening. So if we're not listening, we're going to miss it. If we're distracted by all the things in our lives, all of this stuff that's, that's taking our attention, like maybe it's, maybe it's money, maybe money is important to you, and that's distracting. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's like, man, I, like, this is the voice that I love to hear. Or video games. Or, or even church sometimes can be distracting. Do this, this, and this, and this. And you're like, I'm super involved, but I still feel so far away from God. 
Maybe it's school and grades and homework, and that's like, this is the most important thing. This is the thing that I'm following. I don't know where you're at or what voice that you're listening to, but the big idea today, this morning, is that following Jesus' voice will lead you to the things that satisfy. Because all these things eventually are are promising you things that potentially it can't keep. So in sports, they're saying, hey, practice all day, every day. And guess what? You're going to get in to the MLB one day. But that's not everybody. Babysit. There's going to be a lot of money. You're going to have a ton if you keep babysitting. But what if you spend it? Video games. Oh, my gosh, you're going to have tons of friends online. It's going to be the best ever. Spend all your time doing this. You do it, and then you're like, I feel so alone. Same thing at church like I explained, and the same thing at school. If we're focusing on those things, ultimately they can't satisfy, but Jesus' voice does. So the question this morning is, what are you following? Is it Jesus or is it something else? In worship, on the second time, um, the second song, you guys wrote something down over here, maybe at about a time where you felt frustrated or angry or you felt distant from God. I don't know what those times were, but my guess is that whenever that was, your focus wasn't necessarily all on Jesus. It was on whatever thing that you were going through. It was on whatever thing that was making you frustrated or angry. Um, but I can tell you that when you're looking to Jesus, when you're following his voice, those things don't seem so bad. Even though they still can hurt, even though they still can be frustrating, but it's almost like that anger and that frustration and that distance is lessened because he's in the picture. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you guys, um, as we respond, the the band's going to come back up, and um, they're going to play a song. And so on this side, there is stations with cards and pens. I want you to write down what voice you would like to listen to moving forward today. There's a couple questions I want you to think about before you do that, though, as they come up, is what voice have you been listening to recently, and what might God be saying to you? And what is it that you want to experience this week moving forward as you follow his voice? That can be the thing that you write down, because usually it's the opposite of whatever is put over here is what God wants to offer you. So I'm going to pray for you guys, and the band's going to sing, and we're going to respond. Cool? God, thank you so much for tonight, or this morning. I just ask God that you would just be with us um, in everything that we go through, Lord. You are there if we want you there, um, but you can only be there if you want, if we want you there, God. So I just pray that you would um, allow us to hear your voice even better, Lord, even if we've never heard it before, God. I pray that we would hear it for the first time soon. Uh, God, thank you so much for who you are, and I just ask God that we would just be focused on you this morning. May we pray. Amen.